Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I am here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl, what are we talking about today? Uh, Later on in the podcast, and as the main subject of the podcast, we'll talk about the little things... The first movie in Warner Brothers' slate of releasing in theaters and HBO Max at the same time movies for 2021. But right now, we're going to talk about something that's appeared a good bit in my feed, and it's movie news related, and I think it'd be interesting, even if it isn't exactly in our wheelhouse of what we usually talk about, that when we maybe actually talk about this movie, we can be like, oh, it's like we talked about it earlier. So I think that'd be cool. This is uh, Spencer, which is uh, a movie about Princess Diana. I I think when describing to you earlier, I incorrectly called it a biopic. It's more of like a set in a certain point of her life. It's about when she decides to to leave her marriage to Prince Charles. It uh, stars uh, Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana. I don't think the other actors have characters yet, or at least we don't know them, being uh, Sally Hawkins, Sean Harris, and Timothy Spall. It's supposed to be directed by Pablo Lorraine, who did uh, Jackie, other like influential political... Would, you con- would monarchy people be considered political figures? I mean, um, yeah, monarch- monarch- monarchy, kings and queens are definitely political figures. Um and the Kennedys, you know, were you know, people often say that they were America's version of royalty. So that certainly have that in common as well. Yes, and it's written by Stephen Knight, who is creator of uh, Peaky Blinders. Speaking of television, we don't watch. <laughs> but but it was all, it was on the list for a while. We, on, we wanted to. Yeah, we wanted to. Um. I guess, yeah, that's all the information we know about it. It looks pretty interesting. I think we had a conversation before the podcast about how, like, movies that try to only do, like, a section of a person's life are much better than movies that try to encompass the entirety of that person's life in a biopic. I don't know if I would use much better as the term, but it certainly seems easier to accomplish. You know, and what, you know, movies are 90 minutes to three hours generally. You know, so if you're doing somebody else's life versus somebody's like a portion of their life, it seems a lot seems a lot easier to me to do well. That was one of the faults we had with Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Yeah, just trying to do too much. Um, and you, you said earlier, you know, called it a biopic, and then kind of walked back from that term biopic. I, I honestly don't know if if like you needed to walk that back, even though I had said that earlier to you off off microphone. Um, this could still be a biopic, but just you know, focusing on a little bit of the life. I don't know if there's a different term for that or not, or if they're both biopics. Like, does a biopic have to be their whole life kind of thing or not? I don't know. I mean, like, what's the diff- like? What's like? When does historical fiction turn into a biopic? It's kind of yeah. Well, that well, that's a completely different question, but that's an interesting one also. Um, are you are, are you? Curious? I meant like movies about historical figures like when does that turn into because a biopic is like a biography so that feels like it would be something that attempts to encompass all or most of a person's life 
Yeah, but there are biographies that cover just portions, you know, of people's lives as well. Okay. I think there's two different questions. Like, I guess, what's the term for uh, something that is would be a biopic but doesn't cover their entire life, if there is a different term, or is it just a different version of a biopic? And then the other question you're talking about is what's you know, the difference between historical fiction and, and a document, a doc, documentary? There we go. That's the word. Um, because now, like, the whole the documentary film and documentary and nonfiction writing and within creative nonfiction, there's all kinds of blurred lines now that I think people are talking about it, you know, in like academic institutions and things like that. So that's a whole, a whole also can of worms that are a little bit different, but you know, still, still interesting. Am I, uh, am I wrong to say that it feels like princess Diana has been coming up a lot more recently? I think so because and that's the, the, crown, the mainly, crown, right? right? Yeah. And actually this is an interesting thing. Stephen Knight has purposely avoided watching the crown to avoid that affecting this movie. Oh, that's an interesting. That's always like a a choice, right? Do you do you make sure you're completely aware of everything that's going on around your subject, or do you avoid it so to, to be able to do your own vision and not be influenced by it? Like this isn't exactly the same thing, but it's like George R. R. Martin saying he didn't watch the season of Game of Thrones. That was their own invention. Yeah, that that's probably wise, I would think. You know, it's also like when you're directing a play, you know, you can go back and research other productions of the play. You know, either either you know accounts, reviews. Sometimes they're they've been filmed, and you can watch those via you know a library. And some directors, I think, will do that because they want to know what everybody else has done, so they can not, so they can steal the stuff that works and not steal the stuff that doesn't work. Or, you know, or just have their own vision, you know. And I, I, I think when I was directing Sylvia, uh, an A.R. Gurney play, I did go back and research what different productions, because there was some, there's some technical aspects to the play that I was like, well, how did they do that? You know, what are the options and did that work? Does that not work? That kind of thing. But I think that's an individual choice. But that's interesting that he, he said that. Um, any idea what you would do? Or do you, do you lean one way or the other? Like generally on that, I probably feel like I probably couldn't help myself from like researching and watching all the other things because I think, and this is, I mean, I, I don't really know anything about this, but it feels like it might be like a bad thing for like an artist to like feel because sometimes I like feel like even when like thinking about my opinions for recording the podcast, like I I think like I I have to read these reviews before I can say my opinion, and I I try to destroy this thought like i gotta make sure my opinion's right <laughs> right even though it's i gotta opinion. make sure the people that i gotta make sure the people that know what they're talking about share my opinion well you want to be but sure I, I, do, I, I think i do a good job at making sure that doesn't affect what i'm actually thinking yeah when you go back to like most you know thought is like a, a synthesis you know going on of two different things i think there's a word for that in philosophy uh that i can't recall right now but like when when it's when it's on your own, like you don't have any staff or you're not working with anybody on this except for me. So like I get wanting to make sure that like you know I don't say that the elephant in this movie represents you know freedom and like every other person's like it clearly does not represent free. You know you just want to know that you're not just out there saying something stupid, and that's how or said that like I think. I think Romy Malik's performance was great. And then like all the reviewers are saying, Romy Malik sucks. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that, no, they're not doing that. And that feels like a little different though. Um, Cause that, that can be like a matter of, of opinion, you know, 
but not all opinions and not they're not weighted equally uh, via just even your opinions like we have in ourselves, but also like every other person's opinion is not weighted equally. Like I don't know that Neil Gaiman needs to respond to Johnny, 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 whatever, with Neil, four Twitter followers, you know, who's like complaining about something. Neil Gaiman doesn't need to read his Goodreads reviews. Right, right. Yeah, like, and he that. can avoid that. Yeah. I'm pretty so, and sure. And in the case of like the, the uh, one of the ones you mentioned earlier, like also he's going to have staff around. Like if he brings in this idea, all right, I want to do this for this thing. And they'll be like, okay, well, that's what the last three other people did when they were tackling that thing also. And everybody's going to see, you know, so like there's some protections in there when you're not working alone. But, I don't know. Uh, when, because you, we know you talked about, have you talked about the log line of this or what, what it, what it does cover? I've talked about Diana's you know decision to leave Prince Charles. Yeah. Like that's much more exciting to me hearing that it's just going to be like the focus of this kind of period. And that's like the crux of the the dramatic question, you know, is she going to leave her husband or not? That's probably going to be the dramatic question in the movie versus like just spanning her whole lifetime and doing that thing. That's, that's not as appealing to me. So I'm, I wasn't excited before we talked about it. This and now I'm excited about seeing this movie. Was this a big deal in your life when it happened? So peripheral peripheral i cannot talk today uh only slightly so when she got married when the big royal wedding was you know i was probably eight years old or around that maybe 10 12 you know eight to eight to 14 who knows and it was a huge deal in the united states and people i don't remember if i woke up early to watch it because you know they're five london's five hours ahead but it was available live if you wanted to and i think i have vague memories but i might be uh, forgetting, I might be like misremembering another royal wedding, but it was definitely then also taped and done like later in the afternoon, like on Sunday, like at noon or Saturday at noon, whenever it took place. Uh, so that was kind of a big deal. And then when she died in the car accident, I was at a Georgia football game, and the girl I was dating at the time was much more interested in it than I was, but that kind of dominated our, after the game, the television was instead of like on sports center and watching the late night football games, it was on coverage of Diana's, uh, uh, death. So I would, you know, so it was definitely aware of it and around, but the in-between times of that, I didn't care. Ah, you know, so not really. Okay. One final thing. And this is just a, that compliment the the thinking this you know might be good when it comes out in like three years I don't know it's filming right now that's progress that's a good thing that's filming's progress. good but there has the reason it's been talking about is we got first images of it of uh Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana and like the costume design looks like great oh I bet I bet I can I'll start to show you the image on my phone right oh now. that's cool. That's great, but lighting too. The cinematography in that shot, like yeah. that's gorgeous. So I'm, even though I've probably forgotten about it by the time the movie actually comes out, I'm I'm pretty excited about it right now. Yeah, I bet they won't let us forget about it. No, they won't <laughs> be a constant stream, and it'll be cool because people who are into like royal families are really into royal families. So every like thing that comes up will be. 
I mean, just like it is with the comic book movie and comic book nerds, you know, like, oh, this image of this version of this Batmobile. You know, why it'll is, be like, why are there so many hexagons? Right. <laughs> there we go. Exactly. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm excited, too. All right. So I think it's time we get into the actual movie. This is not no spoiler warning right now. So if you haven't seen the movie, you can still listen. But at a certain point, we will say spoiler warning in which you will have to leave and go watch the movie or just decide you didn't want to see the movie and not listen <laughs> yeah. to the rest of the podcast it's up to you we don't control you <laughs> right you're your own person yeah <laughs> all right so the little things is wow this description is poor oh. two cops track down a serial killer that's, well, that's <laughs> just Blake well, Snyder. it's I guess it's accurate. <laughs> Blake Snyder does not approve of that log line. <laughs> that does not make you want to go see this movie. That does no, not give I us mean, enough information. It is, it is technically accurate. Yeah, and it's actually more than I knew going into this movie. All I, all I remembered was the cast and was like, okay, well, the cast is great. Let's go see that. All right, uh, this is written and directed by John Lee Hancock, who did uh, The Blind Side and The Founder. Uh, this stars... Denzel Washington is kind of like a older uh, cop with a darker unknown past. Uh, as uh, the name Joe Joe Deke Deacon stars so a uh, Rami Malek as a younger cop, Jim Baxter, Jared Leto as kind of the suspect, Albert Sparma, and uh, Chris Bauer as Detective Sal Rizzoli. What did you think of this movie? Uh, I would say I generally liked this movie. Um, I, again, I didn't know very much going into it. Um, I enjoyed the opening of this movie a lot, which, again, so I didn't know anything about the movie. And we It starts with a, a very intense kind of car chase scene. And Silence of the Lambs-like, right? Yeah, it was a little bit because you had both of them have the image of. Uh, I mean, Silence of the Lambs didn't start with that, but like, yes, you both have a woman singing a rock song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, kinda, so yeah, that's kind of all I meant by that. But and that's but but when that occurred, that's of course what I thought of, and I'm sure anybody else would as well who's seen who's seen the movie. So you have this, and you have this kind of creeper kind of car. You can't see into the car, but it's toying with her basically, or it appears to be. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. You know, you don't know. Is she overreacting? Who knows? Um. So, which all with that kind of makes me think of the movie The Hitcher as well. Kind of has like a car and toying and kind of stalking somebody. So, anyways, you have this very intense and scary kind of opening uh, that goes on, and he has uh, the tagline of like 1990. I think it takes place then, or 1991, or 92, or something like that. And so, it's interesting the whole time this is going on. You know, I'm thinking we're introducing the killer. And this woman's going to die. And I, d- I don't know whether to say what happens to this or not, because we're not in the spoiler section or not. But I think it was a very effective opening and actually misdirected me in a couple of ways that I didn't think was going to happen. So I really enjoyed the opening to this film. I really like that a lot. Um, I like the acting in this film a lot, too. Uh, I thought all, all of them. I thought Denzel Washington was great. Uh, I enjoyed seeing him rumpled and older, and I think the costuming helped with that a little bit as well. Uh, I thought Rami Malek was excellent as well. It took me a little bit of, to get used to kind of his um, 
kind of quietness and his kind of uh, long lingering looks, I think that might be more of a, there was a little bit of a negative tinge to that kind of, but I think that might be from an editing point of view or getting out of the scene, you know, when they do. Uh, but I really enjoyed the acting a lot. Uh, I thought Jared Leto was excellent as a suspect. And, uh, you know, it was just like a, a, a well-made movie. You know, like it was a, like enjoyed following the journey. Like it's not going to stay with me or affect me forever, but, you know, I, I definitely I definitely liked the film. They didn't spoon feed all of it, you know, all the information for a lot of the first part of it. I was you know, just kind of playing catch up being like, oh, okay, you know, there's, you definitely get the sense of his relationship to the Los Angeles Police Department. And that's done. It was the Los Angeles Sheriff Department. I don't mean to interrupt. Oh, uh, was well, is it Sheriff's Department? Yeah. Okay. So, um, but you you got a sense of the history there without them necessarily spelling all of it out. You know, in the first you know twenty minutes of the movie, what Denzel's character Deke, what his relationship is, and you know we know something's gone on in the past with that, but it's not. It doesn't feel ham handed, which I think it could have easily could have easily done. And, you know, I liked part of the, uh, and I think I can say this without, there's some um, quasi-spiritual or fantastical elements to the movie that I really enjoyed as well, combining kind of real and imaginary things, possibly, that happened. And I thought those moments were very effective at both kind of jarring me as an audience member and also revealing uh, character and the mystery of kind of what might have happened in the past. So those those things I liked. How about you? Um, I would I think I would overall say I'm I'm more positive on this movie than negative. I think you may have liked it more than I did. Um, first off, I think the acting is just great. I mean, you have three Oscar winning actors. Denzel Washington, it's you know great as always. I think he does do like the the rumpled older or older cop very well. Even if some of the, maybe the the creation of his character from a writing standpoint wasn't my favorite. I think uh, Rami Malek has this good kind of, you know, deadpan energy that I think he brings from the little bit I've seen of Mr. Robot. I think that he, he brings that a lot to his roles. I actually, actually seen a good bit of Rami Malek in different things. I listened, I listened to that, like, audio series he did. I think Jared Leto also has a good, like, psychopath loner energy i think he does that really well and i think that also kind of goes into the costume design because he's you know i guess designed to look the role basically the costume designers did a good job of designing costume (laughs) Uh, even if in some cases with jared leto's character it seems a little bit obvious what he's trying to do and i think we've seen some of these types of characters before but on the, the acting part of the character i think it's done very well these are three Great actors doing three good performances. Uh, the direction, uh, this is uh, John, John Lee Hancock and cinematographer John Swartzman, who's a frequent collaborator of John Lee Hancock. I think they do a really good job of establishing like tone with the shot style. Like they, they capture the mood very well with what they're trying to do. Also, I think that just the direction and the cinematography... It just looks really good. There are some really like beautiful looking shots, and I think overall, like this isn't this isn't a movie where you're like, oh, that looks that looks bad. No, this just looks good. They use like night and darkness and colors 
very well in this movie. And I think the writing, I think what Hancock, even though I'm not the, the biggest fan of the script for this movie, I think Hancock does a good job at maybe trying to take the story in a more unconventional direction. Even if it isn't like the most successful, I think, well, you know, without spoiling it, I think he tries to do some stuff in the ending that are, that are you know, pretty effective and pretty interesting and maybe separates it a little bit from the rest of the genre. There are some parts I didn't like about this movie and the main, I mean, the main problem is the script. I think it falls into a lot of, like, cop movie conventions, mainly when it comes to character. Like, you can definitely see the kind of, the character models, like Denzel Washington is the troubled cop who's reminded from a case from his past, and Jared Leto's like the loner psychopath who likes to kill women. And uh, Malik, even though he doesn't really do this type of character, and I think for the better of the movie, there are hints of like the the hot shot rookie cop energy that you see in a lot of cop movies. When reading some reviews, a lot of people took this and called it copaganda. I don't think that's... Exa- what does that mean? Kind of like, you know, the the law and order, like, like troubled law enforcement official, like, beating them up in the interrogation room, hoorah, stuff. But I don't, I don't think it really does that. Exactly. I think even though it does conventional, it doesn't really affect you too much while watching it, although there was some instances where I think, like, while watching it, we were like, Oh, like we made like jokes to like Family Guy parodies of some of the <laughs> right. conventions they're doing right now, and it's not—it's I mean it's not as bad as maybe I'm making it out to see, but it is definitely noticeable. I think another part of this, and really, uh, the writing was my only major issue, but like there's some of like the religion stuff in this, and actually, even though. And writing it down, it sounds very similar to what you were talking about as like a good thing, but I'm actually not talking about that. There are some moments in this movie where, like, you'll look at, like, the... What's, like, the Hollywood cross thing called? I don't know. Or or we'll show different, like, religious symbolism. Or kind of in the beginning of the movie, when the character brings up faith. And while watching it, I was like, okay, that's a theme stated. (laughs) I should follow that. And then doesn't really apply much to the movie. And before, I thought, okay, that's my problem. That wasn't a theme stated. Then they keep going back to religious symbolism again and again. And I'm just like... This isn't interesting, and this isn't quite affecting the movie too much. That I don't think it's completely necessary. Like there's something you're you're trying to do here, and either you could have gone more into it, or you could have just took it out of the movie. And, and I think it wouldn't affected it too much. And if I can make a, I didn't pick up until you were describing the film that uh, Denzel's character is Deacon. And a deacon is an elder in the church, and as an elder, as a deacon and an elder as a church, you know you're you're supposed to um, help, you know, mentor and tutor younger members of the church. No, oh. so I, I didn't pick up all that until you just said it. So sorry to interrupt. With like the name, exactly. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's that's not an accident, you know. Yes, is that. See, because there are there, I mean, there are like interesting stuff brought up here in the writing and the symbolism, but it just just doesn't it just doesn't do it effectively. I mean, it's a good idea, maybe so so execution. Uh, anything you didn't like about this? Yeah, I mean, I, I, a lot of what you just said, to be honest with you, I kind of registered as well. 
some of the aspects, you know, do feel cliched. Of course, he's a tortured cop, you know, with an unsolved case in his background that's going to apply, you know, possibly to this one. Um, so much of the, the kind of bad cop behavior, too, you know, in light of not only just because we've seen it all before, you know, the renegade cop or the cop who does things his own way, you know, that kind of thing. There was aspects of there of that in this that, you know, were negatives to me as I'm watching the movie. Um, something I think we can talk about later as well for the kind of general discussion is the, the, the focus of the, the movie. And this can be a positive thing or it certainly makes it a slightly different than others is it looks also like the relationship between the two cops as far as like trying to change like a cycle of perhaps cycle of violence or cycle of, uh, of, uh, internal torture or angst, you know, that aspect of it, it was almost as, as important as, you know, trying to find out who the killer is, uh, which could be a, a positive or a negative, you know, honestly, it was, it was a choice. And I'm curious what you, what you thought of that choice. I'm not sure I loved that, but maybe that's because I'm reading mysteries and, and wanted to focus on the mystery aspect of it more than like the internal change of the characters. Uh, one shot that definitely bothered me, I'll just throw out there is we have, uh, you know, Denzel doing some investigation of the case and then, you know, <laughs> I, we, I just about what he's in this, uh, he's in a, uh, not spoil. he's in a, he's in a store. I won't get more specific than that. And, you know, he's trying to, you know, play on the whole, you know, I'm a cop, you know, you might have immigration issues. I might be messing with your employees. And you have this shot centered on Jared Leto. And he kind of, Leto looks, it just, it just felt like. Okay, okay. I'm, I don't think this is terribly spoiler, especially since this happens in the beginning of the movie, but I'm still going to try not to spoil it. Like, Denzel Washington's like. Hmm. Let's see if you got any murderous serial killers here. <laughs> yeah. And Jared Leto like pokes his head out the door and is like, "Did you mention murderous serial killers?" I mean, it's not quite that bad, but it is really close. I mean, it's, <laughs> like, like it's not far from that. Like at he all. walks out of the room and Jared Leto's like showing the camera. <laughs> my turns face. around exactly, and you're like, "Oh, that's Jared Leto," and I know what kind of characters you play because you play them very well. And okay, I guess you're going to be a, a suspect, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so that kind of the time, I feel like most of the things that bothered me about like the cliches and kind of over things were in the fall in the first 20, 30 minutes. You know, they're just establishing their the the genre and these characters, and we've seen it all before. But in spite of seeing it all before, it was still enjoyable uh, for me. Like I, I was able to overcome those kind of uh, some negative things. On that, at least, at least for me, I was. Um. So yeah, I am curious. So what what did you think of the relationship between the two police officers and how that was set up? Now that was set up for the beginning fairly nicely. I like the whole. There was that line of, you know, go into the press conference, you might learn something. And then obviously, you told Rami Malek's character, the chief, I'm talking about, same thing. You know, Rami Malek repeats that line to Denzel's like, you know, come ride in the car. I might learn something from you. That whole parallel. I thought that was that was set up kind of nicely, I thought. I think, yeah, they do do a good job of setting up Denzel Washington and Rami Malek's relationship. And I I found that part of the movie one of my one of the better parts of the movie that I kind of enjoyed. And that mainly like acting and they do a good job of establishing character. Although at some points toward the end, 
there's some character moments between them that felt unearned. Like there's like a, I don't, this isn't too much of a spoiler. We're Denzel, say maybe we should get into spoilers soon though. That where Denzel's like, my boy. And it's like, that's not the relationship you've had throughout the rest of this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of was kind of, but not, not, not well established enough to earn that moment. I hear you on that. Um, because there is this little bit of this, um, a father and son is not the right dynamic, but it's not far from it as far as the, like, you know, the older generation trying to teach the younger generation or, you know, which is what fathers and sons, what, you know, fathers try to do, um, aspect of that. Now, as a result of that, it, it does mean that the female characters had, you know, very, certainly the police detective female character had very little to do because, but that's, that was not the focus of the story. The focus on the story, the internal story, you know, really is on Denzel and Rami Malek, you know, and, and then trying to change that paradigm. But again, that means that the female, you know, yeah, person this, this movie definitely doesn't get does to do much. Like change the, the crime movie stereotype of it being like male cops doing men things and like, oh, I'm the wife and you should. Yeah. I, I, you, I, you, I just can't understand how dramatic you're being. Walking all over blurring and then walking all over any ethical lines of, you know, doing things. You know, that's that that, that happens pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, no, that does. Or like, especially like with the was it like the forensic guy, like you can't do this. It's illegal. What do you mean I can't do illegal things? Right. Yeah. That that kind of yeah yeah. I'm glad you yeah noticed and picked up on that as well. Uh, that also kind of bothered me. Uh, sh- what else? Any other cool questions you have? I don't know. I think we've I think we've kind of covered it. Kind of what we what we like and dislike, and you can decide for yourself whether you want to see this movie i think if you enjoy crime movies you can you can see this because yeah, you could you could see this in a i guess anyone could see this and enjoy about about it maybe you might have to kind of excuse some of the more cliched and conventional stuff or if this is why you're watching the movie you could laugh about the cliched and conventional stuff exactly i i, I agree with that well, let's go, let's go into well, hold on what's the what's like the the michael bay parody family guy thing like about that cool thing you did in the glory <laughs> war of the past. That's right. That cool thing you did in the, in the battle war of the past that you don't want to talk about. I told you never to talk about that. <laughs> you know, like, that's the, that's in this. You know, that is totally in this. But that, you know, it you know, it only comes out a little cliched. You know, they, I'm not saying they're, not, they're not inventing it perfectly, but it's in spite of that, it still was an, it's an enjoyable watch. You know, it's an enjoyable watch. Not going to change your life. But, you know, it's worth, it's worth renting on it. Tuesday night at 8 p.m. That that's kind of how I feel about the movie. Yes, and then um, this is, I mean, it's in theaters and it's on HBO Max. It'll be on HBO Max until like I think they give it a month, so February 20 something. Yeah, maybe? I think so. By the end of February, Although I could be completely wrong. That's all right. We don't need to be specific on that date. Um, but let's. What did you do? You think your experience of this movie? Watching it on television in our living room versus seeing it in the in the movie theater, how did what did that how did that affect your opinion of it, if at all? I, if you I know, don't, I don't think it would have affected the opinion that much. Maybe like 
say if the pandemic had never happened and we're watching this in the movie theater, there'd be no effect, but maybe just because it's like now a cool thing to be really super excited about. And I guess it could always been, depending on who you are, it could always been a cool thing to get really excited about, but it's it's been a pretty decent part of our lives. Right. Bits, we're kind of so, used I, to I, so I might have... Uh, some of the visuals I, I think suffered because there were some very cool visuals in this. And I think the one review I read talked about how you know, the production design and the location scouts were able to find some interesting places that have not been filmed before in Los that, Angeles, was, or at least not so completely like familiar the, the that, the, that it kind of you know, detracted away. So I think that part of the big screen, that, you know, we missed some of that. You know, speaking of, like, locations, I, I think that actually was the reason behind the L.A. Sheriff's Department rather than the L.A. Police Department, because you can use, because of, like, jurisdiction, you could use some more interesting parts of L.A. that maybe aren't touched upon in noirs. Right, L.A. Often. County versus the L.A., the city. Because you'll have different, yeah, different jurisdictions. All right, that. so I think we're... Uh, let's talk, yeah, let's get into spoiler territory. Right, let's give so, it a rating first, though. So I'm going to give this a B-. minus. Is my rating. Uh, that's, you know, it's worth watching. You know, if you like these actors, watch it. You know, and then some other moments might surprise you as, uh, as positive things. Uh, we How about don't, you? We don't have a bell, but it's also a B minus. <laughs> the Grison Leach bell. So, yeah, yeah, we, we can't do this. Ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that, that, that seems about right. So this is a middle of the ground, it's a middle of the ground movie, I think. Yeah. Glad, glad, glad we saw it. All right, let's get into spoilers because I have a couple of questions about a couple of moments that I want to that I want to ask you about. So, so we'll give you uh, three seconds to pause the podcast and go watch the movie, or pause the podcast and don't go watch the movie. <laughs> exactly. Depending on how you feel. Three, two, one. Spoilers. So the opening segment. Did you think she was going to live or die? The the I victim thought, of the I opening. thought she was going to die, and I'm glad she didn't. Me too. Like that's. That, that's I, I want to give them props for like subverting my expectations on that. Okay, another another question. So when you had the 1990, actually, I'm just going to tell you what my what I was thinking and see if you also had the same thoughts or not. So when I see the 1990, then I see she's going to be a victim. I'm pleasantly surprised that. You know, they have that, that truck, you know, coming and she runs for the truck. How many times have we seen something similar and the girl doesn't make it? You know, she trips or she's falls. So she makes it. Amazing. So I was convinced then that the next part of the movie was going to jump forward in time to like 2020, 2018, present time. And she was going to be like the detective, like, you know, having a, a key part in the future of the thing. Um, that's what I thought was going to happen because again I went in blind though I should have realized there's no female marquee names in this um, a movie so that should have been a clue but I thought she was going to be uh, that, that's what I thought was going on so I like the fact that they subverted my expectations on both of those yeah and I think with the kind of ending and the, the ambiguity and the not actually finding the real killer or maybe they did we don't know it's open I guess it is open. The, the openness up, but I think they... That's some of the parts I did like about the, the writing of this movie and that kind of attempt to maybe separate itself from the, the rest of the genre or kind of subvert our expectations. Yeah, the, so the more important thing to the to the makers of this movie, I, it seems to be, is the relationship between Denzel's and Rami Malek's characters and Denzel trying to prevent Rami Malek from doing what he did with his life versus solving the case. 
Like the, their, their relationship and ending that cycle seems to me much more important. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I'm not, I know, again, I don't know if I loved that because I kind of, I like, I like it when they solve crimes. You can't have two cops track down a serial killer without two cops <laughs> tracking down a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. And we don't know. And this, you know, I can't believe I didn't say this in the negative of my general things, but I think also it's just would have been pretty spoiler too. That's to me was so also very frustrating about Jared Leto's character. Like, I think he played him incredibly well, but like, I don't know why he takes them out to that really cool looking area in the desert, you know, or the farm or whatever that is. Like, I don't know why he does any of that stuff. I don't get that. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I mean, it's the only reason. Like, only what was his in game? That's not a, I don't know, like a craziness. I don't, I really, I don't know. That's not the problem. The thing that really, that kind of bothered me about his role in the movie. What really bothered me is that the scene where he's like, like, how's your car, or like, where Denzel's like, how's your car? Because he's like, all right, um, I'm just checking out the the workplace, and I guess maybe the car looked. Similar, but he's like, all right, I choose you to think you're a serial killer. I'm going to ask you accusatory questions. You want Denzel? In, uh, Denzel asking Jared Leto's character. Like, it's complete, like, happenstance, I think. But Well, I mean, there, there, there is that one brief scene where they, they review the, the suspects, the employee list, and it's like for, the, uh, for their record or something. And I think that clue is supposed to propel Denzel into that. Oh, yeah, no, it is. But the fact that I guess we don't see him miss with other people like do the other leg work that's exactly that's kind of you know what I was so I, and I, I wonder if they filmed those scenes and then just like cut them for time you know to have a shorter more streamlined movie or not but yeah I, I i completely hear what you're saying on that do you think there was a that girl's body the runner girl was out there we don't ever find out where she is do we no we don't yeah so do you think she was really out there and he couldn't or was he that whole thing just uh you know, it's, just it, messing with them. It seems like a thing where he's just messing with them. But I guess the point is that, is that we don't know the point of the kind of right. So what do you th- so what do you think Jared Leto's character like? One like after we dig up the whole area, and that was a great cool shot to me of when they did that like kind of crane shot, and you look down, and you see that we see Rami Malek digging three holes. You know, and then obviously some time has passed. You know, and they they film where he actually hits him with a shovel. That's so close up, you can't see the other holes, and it's not elevated. And then we see that actually, Rami Malek had dug like eighteen holes, you know, looking for this kid. And so, like, it makes his explosion of hitting him with the shovel. I already bought it, but it makes it even more believable that he would snap after that. Um, like, yeah, what did what did what did Jared Leto think was going to happen? They going to drive back? You know, like, all right, well, I guess I guess I was wrong. It's another farm. You know, is he not going to arrest him? Is he good? I don't know. Uh, Do you think he did it? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, I I guess I kind of think he did, which is the only way like his behavior makes sense. So maybe, you know, I don't don't know. But that 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 bothered me. (laughs) That bothered me a lot. Yeah, and like I guess the part where like Rami Malek is pushing him against the fence, and it's like, "All right, fine, I'll take you to the body." Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And the whole like, I just need five minutes in his apartment again. That's you know, that's very much just against the law. That's all you know. That's all it is. And there wasn't even like a hard debate about that. Um, what did you think about? 
I think you mentioned earlier when we were talking off mic, I was kind of wanting to hear you talk about it some more about, I guess, Rami Malek's descent into obsession, like the Denzel had had, you know, previously when he was in the exact same role. I mean, I, I like that. I mean, you clearly, you can see what they're trying to do. And I actually, I found that, you know, part of the story interesting. I mean, that is the main part of the story is the kind of, the ending of the cycle of obsession. But I guess, and this is what was brought up in several reviews, kind of the way Rami Malek plays the character. It's like he seems a little, like, eccentric and weird from the beginning, that, like, we don't really see exact, like, change into his descent into madness. Yeah, and again, I don't think that's on Rami. I don't think that's acting. I think that's writing. I think we didn't we didn't have the scenes to show him his grad his path into into obsession. Uh, but you know what I did like about Rami Malek's character is that he wasn't like automatically defensive and protected protective of his turf. Like fairly quickly into the thing, once he learns that Denzel is an old had his old position and is really good at his job. He's like, come along with me. Let's learn. Let's do this. You know? And I feel like we got to avoid 15 minutes of like scene of a scene of like, this is my case, blah, blah, blah. You know, we didn't have that, which I was really happy that we, uh, yeah, that we was, did not have, but that. I thought we were going to have it, you know? So again, they, so there's some subversion of expectations, which is, which is good to do within the genre, which is hard to do. Uh, so I did like that, like that part of it, but yeah, I don't, I didn't really see the huge transformation of his character. Maybe, but maybe it would have been really forced if they had, I don't know how, you know, cause this takes place over the course of a few days. So I don't know. I don't know if it would have been believable to see more of it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, any favorite moments from the movie? Um, I actually was quite startled by like the phone ringing and then Rami Malek being like, oh no, then Jared Leto being like, boo. Or like, Hi. Yeah. And that was beautifully shot too. Just the car, the night, the telephone, that whole thing. That was very creepy cool. I dug that. Uh, I loved the Denzel and the cheap hotel and then the the ghosts of the oh, yeah, that was cool. previous victims. I thought that was cool. That's what I was talking about earlier with the imaginary and the 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 reality and the imaginary. And there was kind of some like religious stuff in that because one of the pictures on the wall that they you know they keep the camera on for a good bit is of yeah, a, that was hilarious too. Because this is a hotel where you know again this is a child friendly podcast, but this is you know where. Uh, it's in a bad part of town. There's, you know, prostitution going on in the hotel. That's the whole point of the hotel, really. Uh, so seeing that religious, like, you know, picture was also comical. Was also funny. I thought. Uh, what did you think about the big reveal with Denzel shooting the the victim? You know, that's like the big thing. That's the big thing he did in the Battle War of the Past. You know, is that he killed he killed the victim and they covered it up. All three of those people. Did that impact you? Did you buy that? Did that add to the story enough for you? Did that no that that added to the story just to kind of the the connections between Denzel Washington and Rami Malek's character because they both killed people and theoretically possibly killed an innocent. Yeah, I mean Denzel killed a victim like she had been taken, right? Yeah. Well, Rami Malek possibly killed just a, a non. He's not a victim, you know, in the of the case, but. You know, he may not have done it. Uh, 
Um, I did not see that coming. Did you? No, I did not. No, and I thought that was really well done and cool. And I guess there's certain points of that that one one of the reviews brought up as part of the the copaganda. Like it's like, oh, okay, so we're just gonna let him get away with this. This yeah. is fine for both of them to do. Well, it's not fine. I mean, I guess that's. I don't think it answers whether it's fine or not. But they they both do it. You know, they the characters decided that. You know, not to punish the perps because the perps were cops. And apparently, you know? also bring this up. Apparently, like the L.A. Sheriff's Department, like was actually has like a terrible track record of when it comes to like beating protesters. Oh yeah, stuff like that. So like there was also some like this doesn't feel right. This is making awkward. Of course, we didn't know that while watching the movie, but researching it. Later, found out that they they're not the best when it comes to like corruption. Yeah, like I mean, I think the 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 reckoning that our United States society right now is having with its police is going to definitely affect how we view crime dramas, especially when they involve police who go above and beyond the law. You know, whether their intentions are noble or not. You know. It's going to change. And I wonder, I presume the writing will change with it and the the movies will change with it. This is not one that did, you know, or hasn't yet. But again, this was written back in the 90s, right? I think it was written. It was written back in the 90s. I should have mentioned that before the spoiler second started. This was written by John Lee Hancock back in the 90s. Yeah. Now, did you see The Blind Side or uh, The Founder? No. I didn't see either one of those either. But people I know and respect, like the, their opinions, they both, like, people love those movies. And they're well made, so I, that doesn't surprise me. That surprise me that this is a well made movie, even for some of the things we might not like about it. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, uh, anything else you want to mention? No, I guess that's that's it. Yeah. So if you're still listening, I would encourage you to you know, it's a good movie for a, to me a, a rainy Tuesday night. Yeah. You know, but I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it on your Saturday night viewing. No, which we I guess, well, I guess we did actually. We did, but we didn't know this Sunday. This is why we serve. We get to serve others and, and tell them and teach them. Well, I guess this is the spoiler second, so they've already seen it. So, <laughs> or not? Thanks, thanks for that. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> sorry, I can I can help myself. That's my bad. That's all right. What? Uh, so, what are you reading right now? I'm still reading Sandman, as I said in the other podcast recorded yesterday. I should start reading faster. <laughs> so there's some. There's some variety on the what are you reading section. I, it's still been busy. It's, it, it, it's As I mentioned in the last podcast, last week took a lot out of me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. And I, I honestly, I suspect, because we're getting into testing, that like next week will take even more out of me. Yeah, hopefully you won't have as much homework, though, so you can actually sit and read and, and be able to enjoy it and escape the world of, of, of COVID school and enter the world of dreams. Uh, I'm still reading Lives of the Stoic, and I haven't, I haven't made much progress either <laughs> recently. But I'm gonna get back on that later. Well, later today, like as a matter of fact, both of the things that we've been reading. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I would. Uh, this would be my least favorite book of Ryan so far, but it's also proving helpful for research. Uh, so that's Ryan Holiday. It is Ryan Holiday. Yeah. So. All right, cool. 
Well, thank you all very much for listening. Um, hold on. Let's say, are we doing anything? As for what you can look forward to, or we're going to be recording a podcast on The Dig, which is a Netflix movie that came out on Friday. I'm pretty excited to watch that. And also, WandaVision recap discussion podcast every week. Which I'm excited about. <laughs> I'm not, not excited ex- about The Dig? I don't think I am. <laughs> but, well, that's fine. We'll see. Uh, yeah. But I'm excited but archaeology, about archaeology, Dad. I, I know. know I thought it was like a, a, a archaeology and like Indiana Jones has ruined the perception of archaeologists. I, that, yeah, I just it it doesn't sound like there's going to be any archaeology in it, and that it's all going to be like interpersonal relationships. Which oh no, apparently from what I've heard, like there's a lot of archaeology in it, but like not like cool archaeology, like actual <laughs> archaeology. Okay, well then I'll probably like that. That that will probably be a bit of I'll, I'll probably dig that. <laughs> I can't I, believe you let I, that go. I didn't, even, <laughs> I didn't even notice. I felt like Peter Griffin just like, when he goes like, you know, makes a huge face. Like, well, all right, we we should get out of here. Three Family Guy references. <laughs> That's true. We we like Family Guy. We do indeed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening on the podcast. Until we meet again. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Cerzier and Antoine Hulot. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.